Welcome to The Realtale Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Downs, the founder and CEO of The Realtale, and we're on a mission to improve retail customer experience, to measure website speed and design, quality of product information, cart and checkout experience, post-purchase communication, fulfillment and packaging, customer services quality, and overall sustainability of products and packaging. If you're interested in learning more about the Realtale Customer Experience Report, just go to www.itworks.company forward slash the Realtale, and there you can find more information and some examples of the Customer Experience Report. Today, we're going to talk about fast websites. In particular, what is fast? Why is it important? And how do I optimize my site so that I provide lightning fast customer experience? Now, who better to discuss this subject than subject matter expert Matt Johnson, Australian GM of Website Acceleration Specialist, Section IO, formerly known as Squixer. Now, Matt is my go-to guy when it comes to fast websites. He's the kind of pimp my ride specialist for lightning fast websites. And in all seriousness, Matt, Matt and his team are the techies who really understand all the mechanics behind the scenes, and they never fail in identifying ways to speed up your website. Matt, welcome to The Real Tale, and thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. So, Matt, are fast websites really necessary, or we just say that we we, we need them so that we can create work for you and your team? Um, what's the? I guess what I'm asking is, what, what's the commercial benefits of having a, a fast website? Can you throw any stats at me? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Okay. I think having a fast website used to be a a niche competitive advantage that retailers would work on once everything else was done. It was almost the, uh, I've done my look and feel, I've got some my features up, now I'm going to iterate on that space. I think these days it's the game's changed a bit and it's having a fast website is almost the core requirement to start. In terms of benefits, you've probably got soft benefits, you know, brand and UX and, you know, things about the perception of your users and, you know, is your brand and your website a pleasure to use or something that you have to put up with? Stats are hard, though, to, to get to the, the meat of your question. You know, there's, indus- there's industry figures like, uh, you know, Amazon have some long-running figures around, uh, you know, for every 100 milliseconds of latency, they said that cost them 1% of sales, so which is a crazy, crazy number. Um, Google have some great things around, you know, when they slowed down search every half a second in, uh, in, in page load speed, uh, search traffic dropped by 20%. Um, but I think the stats you want and are relevant for, for, for people out there is, is relevant for them. And that really means you need to look at your, your business and it's a bit of an individual journey. You know, there used to be some quite extreme things where you'd look at, you know, where's your user base and, you know, are they on dial-up? And, you know, things like this, which are, you know, which used to be a, you know, a huge, crazy, crazy world to try to cope I'm based in Queensland, so I'm still on dial-up. <laughs> okay, there you go. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that was a whole world of different, the, the extremes in, uh, in just in bandwidth and uh, internet links of people, but you, you, you have some, some big differences there. Um, other interesting things are, uh, is your customer base uh, mobile? Very heavily mobile, mobile driven. Uh, that's a massive factor that will change your your, your the bandwidth available and uh, what fast look looks like. So I think you know to get to stats that are right for you, there's probably a, a few steps. There is first of all, you got to understand your speed. So getting visibility, and then you correlate that to your business metrics, you know, bounce rate, conversion. And and th- those custom things that that are right for you. Yeah, 
Okay. Um, we've seen that, I know, with, with clients over the years. <clears throat> we've, we've been talking about site speed and the need for speed. Yep. Um, ever since the days of Squixer, actually, before you rebranded Section IO. So fast websites have always been on our agenda. Yep. Yeah. That has been. And, and also we've seen the ones that have, have really focused on uh, speed and getting their fire so, uh, site as fast as possible have seen a material lifting conversion rate and therefore revenue uplift. So uh, like you say, you can't ever quote an exact number, but I, I know from the one clients we've worked with, um, it makes a difference as far as, it, it um, does. As, far as that's concerned. And it's it's almost an investment. I oh, Just one more. I think it's almost an investment choice you've got to make because, you know, you as a retailer, you're investing in, you know, the look and feel of your site. Maybe you're going to add reviews. Maybe you're going to have a chat box. Maybe you're going to have freight promotions, these kind of areas. And, you know, investing in fast is an area that needs to have be, be, be a, a piece of that puzzle. I think. Uh, no, I, 100%. I think yeah. the, the, the age-old question that I get asked by the CFO or the CEO is what's the return? Mm. Which is why I asked the, you know, it's this, yeah. the, the, and a, and a um, it's, it's, I know it's a how long's a piece of string question, but um, yep. it is one that we have to try and answer. No, it's um, relevant. It is a good one. Yep. So look, it, I mean, it kind of brings me on nicely to my next question is, is how do you measure speed? You know, what are the metrics that are really important and what tools are there out there that I can use to, to tell me how fast or not my site is? Mm. Yeah. And, uh, cracking, cracking topic area. Um, I think there's there's probably a, a few layers to it. We generally start to think about the, the the who is involved in this process as well in term in terms of site speed in in a business. You've got um, te- technical people who have a have making changes to things and have a view on site speed. You have marketing. You have content teams. You you, you have it's a it's a cross cutting uh, kind of quest question there. Um, and so you, you need to factor in all those groups um, you know, in some ways, which does make things hard. And you need to have a, you want to have a common single source of truth you know, for your information. Otherwise, you end up with different teams um, all looking at different things and pointing fingers in different directions. Um, yeah. So how to, how to get a grasp on it. Um, I, I think the kind of things of what to measure is a, is a, is a great, great topic area. Um, there's lots of technical... Uh, pieces to understanding what you're measuring there. And I think the the fundamentals come back to understanding what a page load looks like. You've got a, someone's you know, typing something in a browser or clicking a link and you, you then have this process of getting to the end of the thing, which is a visible interactive page that, that uh, you know, the customer's um, you know, tra- tra- transacting through. And there's a series of stages through that process that it's important to, to have some, some visibility of. The traditional metric that most uh, people look at and tools look at is, is called the load event, which is the end of the process, which is where the browser stops spinning and you've got a, a finished working page there to, to interact yep. with. That's, that's, it's definitely kind of almost a, a 101 fundamental, but there's a lot more that happens before that load event that's it's important. Um, there's things like the first part, which is your time to first bite, uh, which is a, a, a common term you, you hear people talking about, which is really just you know, how long is that first part of the page taken to get to my browser, the very first request to the browser. Um, there's also debate on that in that space around is that the metric that Google uses when assessing site speed as part of SEO? 
So there's a whole SEO uh, component that also gets unpacked through, through this process. Um, but in, in terms of metrics, you're basically looking at the series of stages through the page load. And I, I think you the approach is generally start simple, have a look at the start, have a look at something in the time to first byte space, have a look at the end, and have a look at somewhere in the middle. Um, in the middle is where things are interesting. You get things like, when has the page started to become visible? Um, or uh, when could I actually click on something on the, on the page? You know, these are these kind of real user-centric actions that, that actually signal that, that I, I have a working user experience. Okay, so let me just play that back to you. So I get, I'm time to first byte. So that's the, just in, since we keep this in layman's terms, that's the, the time when you, you actually see something. When you go to a page, you see something happening. In, in the most simple terms, right? So It is. Oh, it's the first chance, yeah, that the page is going to start, start to display. Yeah. Okay. And then the load event is then it's finished loading. So that's a fully loaded page. Spot on. Got it. Mm-hmm. What's the, what do you call the middle bit? Is there is there mm. a metric metric name for that or nomenclature yeah, for that? Good one. There are lots of little metrics that uh, people have come up with. Uh, a good one is render start or, or first paint. So paint being yeah. when has something actually started to become visible on the page because there's normally a little delay between that time to first byte yeah. and, and the render and something becomes visible. Um, there's also new metrics um, that, that are coming out at the moment where people are looking at things like uh, the concept of a hero image, you know, which might be like a banner. Or uh, you know mm-hmm. the main focal point of your page. If it's a product page, you know it's your it's your product. How when can I actually see just that component? Because yeah. that's when I've given value to my to my customer. All right. So that's the metrics. Yep. Let's just stick with those three, so I can so I can get that the beginning, the middle, okay. and the end. That's nice okay. and easy for me. So uh, like, how do you how do you actually measure those? Where do you where do you go mm. um, to get some stats that tell you what those numbers are? Um, I think there's two approaches to this, and uh-huh. there's there's really two types of tooling. Uh, one's called synthetic monitoring, which I'll give you a couple of examples of uh, common products out there. And what this is is this is a tool that runs in a data center somewhere, somewhere in Amazon or somewhere in, yeah, some, yeah. in s- someone's data center, and it uh-huh. polls your website and says your website has taken this long to load, and here's each of those metrics. Uh, this is really useful because you get this consistent experience of how my website's loading. Uh, a data center has huge internet pipes and you get this common signal. Um, where it needs some complementing though is it's not your actual user's experience because it's some huge server in a data center running these tests yep. over huge, huge internet pipes. Um, yep. So what you complement synthetic testing with is called real user monitoring which is a piece of uh, JavaScript you add to your site and it runs at the end of the page load and doesn't interact with uh, in- interfere with the load time. But what it does is it reports back every single user's page load time. It says, hey, I'm a user uh, in Melbourne and my page load time was this. I'm a user in Sydney. My page load time was this. I'm in Perth. My page load time was this. And you get this amazing data set of the actual user's experience. So the combination of those two is, is important. And uh, just thinking of tools off the top of your head, I think you know, start simple. Um, there are simple tools out there for both of those, uh, synthetic and real user monitoring scenarios, common synthetic ones. Um, 
probably everyone's you know, heard of or looked at Google's PageSpeed Insights. Yeah, it's almost become a bit of a bit of a, a staple da- data point of, hey, how's my site going? That's a synthetic tool. So Google, there's a Google data center somewhere connects to your site and, and sees how your site loads. Um, so really common one. Um, I do find on PageSpeed Insights that the the data you're looking at, the numbers can actually be tricky. You know, sometimes you'll see a report saying, I don't know, my, my site loaded in three seconds. But if you fix this, you're going to take four and a half seconds off your page load time. And so the actual, I'd say let, think less about the actual numbers it's giving you and more about the recommendations. Um, it's a good, good area yeah. there. Yeah. On synthetic stuff, you know, there's great common products out there, Pingdoms, GT Metrics. These are kind of accessible to anyone. And they start to give you a baseline of of those key metric areas. All right. So if and so if I again if I just kind of play this back in 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 as simple terms as I can, um, <laughs> your, the synthetic monitoring is really a almost like a server to server assessment. So somewhere um, centrally, we'll be looking at the performance of your application and uh, I guess simulating the results as far as the end user is concerned in contrast to real user monitoring which is actually measuring the the end user experience and measuring that yes spot on exactly right and they're, they're both important because uh, yep. you make a change to your website and things suddenly suddenly start to run slow the synthetic data is a great example that says hey you know this is a consistent test so the thing that's changed is on your end is on your site's end um, yeah, the, the real yeah. user monitoring covers the actual experience, and yeah, which is super important as well. Um, yeah. but it's it's more variable. No, that's good. Actually, you reminded me. I've, I haven't looked at Rum for a little while. I, I kind of had a minor minor meltdown when I saw it for the first time. Just just at the the level of detail that you could get. This particular tool that I looked at assessed because yep. because the hard part is, and again, it's it's we can geek out on the tech, but we got to we got to yep. rock wind it back to where am I going to spend my money and what result am I going to get? Because ultimately, we can we, we we do all this stuff and talk about all this stuff, but you got to spend some money and you're going to get something back and you need to work out in any business what, what the priority is. But what I saw in the real user monitoring that I thought was great was this kind of assessment of, and again, if you think about all of the different combinations of pages across browsers, mm. it's significant. Oh, it's phenomenal, actually. It's not mm-hmm. significant. It's, it's a lot to look at and measure. And the, the software I looked at was making recommendations based on your analytics. It says, look, if you improve the speed performance of this particular page, this is how much more revenue based on your data that you'll generate through your site. And that's the power, exactly. Convert, that is combining power. your customer data with yeah. with yeah. speed yeah but you've got to pay obviously you've got to pay for that and i guess and pr- pr- probably that's the difference between synthetic right it's not as accurate therefore it's cheaper or free yep. and the real-time user monitoring significant results can come from that so you've got to pay for it it is there are you know entry-level things i can guarantee almost everyone out there is going to be running google analytics yeah or, or yep. something greater or something greater than and you know, yeah. out of the box, Google Analytics comes with some site speed measurement. Yep, it, it's it's real user monitoring. Um, it mm. measures your page load and will give you some signal. And it has some of those metrics that we talked about in the box there. GA can be a blessing and a curse in some in some ways because 
it's become almost the bedrock of of good information on conversion and you know, the re- the rest of your know, business metrics. Um, the yeah. catch with GA and site speed out of the box is that it only measures one user's experience in a hundred. So it's got this sampling by default, yep. which means um, yep. you, you see people um, coming say my my site speed's jumping around a lot. You know, I've um, you know, I have a you know a ten second sometimes, and I have a three second site speed other times. And um, I think you know the catch, and it is fixable, is that Google Analytics by default is 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 set up for very large large sites. And so if you have a huge amount of traffic twenty four seven. Everything looks good, but mm-hmm. if you have periods where you have lower traffic through the nights and, and, and at different times, you can end up with these jumpy numbers that 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 send businesses into a, a whirlwind of oh site speed's gone out the window, everything's yeah. broken. Oh, we've gotten fast again. Oh, we're okay. Oh, and and you end up in um, you know, looking down holes. I think sometimes. So caveats on spend, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the other thing as well is is site. Oh, it's my, well, actually, a, a later question, but I may as well ask it now as we're on the yeah. subject. So, you know, my, my website is lightning fast, but only between 2 in the morning and 4.35 a.m. when no one's using it. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I know? You know, this is we get into the territory of load testing, I guess, is, is how do I know that my site's going to be fast when I really need it to, which is right in the middle of click frenzy? Because obviously load will play a, mm. a, a big part on performance. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I think it does depend. You know, you've got platforms out there that, you know, your your, your software platforms, your big commerces, your Salesforce, Commerce Clouds, you know, they're built to automatically scale up and down, yeah, according to load. Mm-hmm. So you've got yep. some some base capability on, under the under the hood there. Yeah, um, if you're running your own your own stuff, then you need to take care of that. So. There's a, a bit of that that element um, to at, at the fundamental. I think how are you going to be sure that your site's going to stay online through through click frenzy as really a journey of first of all of all I think give yourself options, give yourself fallbacks is our general advice. Um, one common one that, that, that we we help people implement uh, can be a, a waiting room. So say so that you can absorb an unlimited amount of traffic and. Yeah, I, I think waiting rooms have gotten some. There's been some bad bad press recently um, in terms of misconfigured waiting rooms and giving bad bad experiences. But there's this kind of fallback position here of you hope you'd never need to use your waiting room, but it's there if you do need it. And that means that you know if you've got so much traffic on your site that things are overloaded, you you, you can slide a dial and say, hey, ninety percent of my users are going to have a, a great experience and 10% are going to sit in my in my holding page until there's capacity and to allow allow that group through. So that's kind of almost a you need to give yourself fallbacks there. The next step I guess is yeah understanding how much traffic your you, you site can handle which I think you just mentioned there load testing. Load testing's Def- definitely a dark art. Yeah, I've personally seen how hard it is. Uh, I've years ago worked yeah. at a, a very large online auction company, and uh, we launched a new site. It'd be extensively load tested. Um, we invested weeks and weeks of, of work in this setup, and the load test didn't match the actual user traffic we, we saw, and so we, we had problems on, on day one. Um, so, load testing gets you 
this a part of the way and just just for that wider context load testing is where you, you, you simulate users hitting a site so you simulate thinking um, my users are going to hit the home page then they're going to go to a category page and then they're going to go product then they're going to add to cart yeah and then they're going to check out and you come up with some ratios of hmm i might have you know a thousand users hitting the home page at once, you know, then uh, I'll get a, f- a few, few will drop off and some, you know, 90% go through to a category page, 70% of that goes through to a product, et cetera, et cetera. And you come up with a ratio of, of and then you use a testing tool to automatically send, send, send this traffic uh, to your platform. And you can slide that, slide up the dial and say, oh, okay, yeah. 1,000 users was good. Let's try 5,000. See how that goes. Let's how try ten thousand, and you 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 kind of scale up to, to find out where where your breaking point is. So I think it's useful. Test design is everything as to understanding what what your users are, are browsing through. Yeah, that's that's probably uh, it'll get you a good ap- approximation. And we have customers who do this on every change they make to their website. They have an automated process that runs their load a load test as, as part of that, which helps give them a signal if they've how they're going forwards and backwards that's probably when you're getting to the you know best practice side of things but um but in in general a load test process w- will give you some signal on where your headroom's at yeah, it kind of gives you a warranty. I th- when we've mm. done, I have dabbled in the dark art of load testing for a few <laughs> years, and, and uh, it, the the best I can sell it into anyone is is a warranty yeah. of saying we we can guarantee you this performance at this load based yeah. on these these set of parameters, uh, and you got to hope that you 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 you've guessed the maximum that you're going to get. Right, so I mean, it's if uh, I mean, unfortunately, the ones we've done, we've we've kind of doubled it and doubled it again. So we've put massive load on uh, on 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 the site to uh, yep. to test. But yeah, of course, if you get your estimations wrong, it's out the window on the uh, on the day. Yep. But it is time. I mean, I agree. It's it's a use. It's a very useful exercise, but it is expensive and it is time consuming. But um, for the clients we've done it for that are, that are delivering millions in a time frame of hours then spending 20 grand on a load test is is chump change really it's just exactly it's just in, in insurance yep. yeah but that was in the good old days when when we had we had um control over the uh infrastructure mm. but in the current days of of SaaS and like you say the big commerce the shopify's and the uh salesforce commerce clouds not so easy mm. right for, mm. From a test environment point of view, and from an auto scaling point of view, I, um, I doubt they'd be very pleased if you um, lumped a huge, uh, <laughs> huge <laughs> load onto yep. onto the site to see how it performed. So, what? Uh, yeah, have you got any advice on how you? I, I have to say, I've not, not kind of um, uh, looked at this problem myself recently because of the kind of auto scaling answer. But mm. is there anything you can do? Um, I, I think. There are fundamentals, things that you can do to to change the way your site loads and, and, and where pressure points are. Um, yeah. Things like having good caching uh, is a uh, is a really important topic area. Um, c- caching really means is how can I store parts of my page as close as possible to the users? You know, how can I get this yeah. this this content really close to the users? And you know, there's traditional things, you know. Pieces of content like the images and uh, and and parts of the site that are static, which are easily cacheable, and then yep. there's how can I move the needle and cache more and more? And really, you know, a lot of our our customer journey with customers is how can we get you to a point where your whole page, your whole page load is coming 
from from a cache really close to the user because yeah. then you've totally eliminated the, the 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 traffic that has to go to the the the, the backend servers and yeah. it means that the backend servers really end up doing things like saying checkouts and add to carts you know these are transactional items yeah that's what the, yeah. the back end should be focused on and that's then where you get your testing focused on it gives you a whole headroom to test those specific functions when you know that you've got a, a big wall of a cache you know, in, in front yeah. which which look brings me brings me on to one of my other questions around the the CDN, because that's mm. effectively uh, for those for the for the less initiated that listening to this. When you talk about c- caching and caching walls, and they're like, "What the hell are you going on about?" <laughs> um, C CDN gets bounced around. Now, look, I, I know they've been around for for years, and they're a, a useful way in which to improve performance, like you say, by offsetting your content, you know, further out to points of presence nearer your customers. Can you? I'm sure you can articulate what a CDN. You can tell us what CDN stands for to begin with, and kind of just tell us what what they do and how they do it. And how that improves speed. Yep, sure can. Uh, CDN Content Delivery Network. And um, it's actually evolving a little bit in, in this space. Uh, CDNs, uh, there's, a new, there's a, new, a new buzzword banding around, uh, which is edge computing, which is a, new ta- a bit of a take, an extension on where CDNs, CDNs live. So the core concept around CDNs and edge, as you say, is having uh, content and, oh, or services as close as possible to the user. Meaning that if I'm a user in Sydney in Australia and I'm trying trying to load load a load a page, if that content can come from Sydney, then I'm going to get a much faster experience than if that content is coming from the US or Europe. And likewise, if I'm in the US or Europe and I'm trying to load a page, if that content comes locally from as close as possible to me, I've got a, I've got an, a, an amazing user experience there. So that's really the core premise of content delivery networks. And, and w- where that's evolved to is there's all sorts of other features that now pop up in that space as well. Security layers, you know, uh, if you want to stop site scraping, for example, or you know, fraud and, and bots, um, th- these, these services can now live in that space. And where it's also evolving to, where we're seeing a lot of interest at the moment, is being able to run parts of your application even in the edge edge layer. Which um, in the in we're seeing a lot more of, of headless e-commerce emerging, where you have mm-hmm. um, you know, headless e-commerce being this, this concept where you can detach the visible parts of your your user experience from the back end of things like a checkout or a, a, a managing the cart. And yeah. You can have them live separately and, um, and, and you can replace one without having to throw away the other. And so being able to store the, the front end of your site in an edge platform um, is, a, is a whole new area that's, that's, that's interesting. It means that all the, the work is offloaded into the edge as well and you can then only have to worry about a much more narrower uh, feature set at the back end. Right. So, okay. So that's, that's, um, yeah, that's interesting. So that, so, so again, in, in layman's terms and the, the CDN, and this is my, you know, yeah, my no, fairly sim- simplistic understanding. Um, you've, you're offloading the content. So you're saying, look, you know, people come and browse at the site. I'm going to offload that content to a point of presence away from my service, nearer to the customer so that I take load off the center and speed up the, the experience for the consumer. Now what you're saying with Edge is I'm going to take that the next step. So I'm moving not only content, but pieces of application functionality. So let's say cart functions, for example, and I'm going to have those running discreetly out on the edge, closer to the consumer, away from my centralized processing, which should give faster experience. 
spot on things like search and things like all these all these features right. you can you can now choose best of breed and put together a, a best of breed uh, pieces pieces to combine your solution that way. All right, so we're almost out of time. I can't believe it's been half an hour already. So just to just to kind of summarize, right? We're saying fast websites are important, right? And they're commercially important because not only do they they adequately represent your brand, there's a dollar uplift from having a fast site as far as conversion rates and the and the amount of um, uh, revenue that ultimately your site takes. Spot on. There are a number of ways in which you can speed up your site. So it's not just about pushing content out out into uh, a point of presence near the consumer. We can now pass um, application functionality out through that as well. Mm-hmm. There are key metrics. How quickly do I see something happening? How long does it take for my page to fully load? And the kind of middle ground of, of what did he say it was rendering? Yep. Render? render start, first paint. Render yep. start, that's yep. the one. Yep. So so you can yep. have a look at some metrics there to be able to judge performance. Yep. And when we're talking about performance, we can go cheap with Google, which gives us some some reasonable insights into the performance of our site. And there are other synthetic measurement tools. Mm-hmm. Or we can we can do some real user monitoring. Again, I guess at a, at a cheaper end of the scale with with Google, but I, there are other tools out there. I think Eggplant, I think is one I can think of. I think they're an amazing yep. name. New Relic is another one that's common. Yeah, absolutely. That gives you a lot more detailed information on on how you can make more money effectively across your site, and that's what that's what they're there for. So the last, I guess, my last point, just to kind of wrap this up, is there anything else? Any other key points? So you've got the CDN. We've got our measurement tools. What else can can people listening to this today take away to go and have a look at? to get themselves a faster site? Um, one of the major areas I see it is third-party JavaScript. So mm-hmm. everyone's site is often comprised of chat boxes and reviews and all of these yep. elements, and they're all added, or A-B testing at the client side. They're all added via JavaScript. And yep. you you weigh this, there's a playoff here because you put these things on to improve conversion, but behind yep. the scenes... There's a performance impact. So you can end up with a, a net neutral result sometimes because if you've slowed your site down. So be really careful with looking at what you need to run on your site, first of all. Do you need to run it? And second of all, yeah, what's the best way to implement it? Because And, and I suppose actually, Matt, that's a good, a really good point. I just want to jump in there because one of the so tag management tools ah, yes. are absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant for being able to drop JavaScript in the, the exactly. bits of JavaScript that you're yeah. talking about that slow sites down. Exactly. And so the and I have seen on many occasions, you know, the world and his dog get access to um, to our clients' um, tag management tools, and they're merrily dropping tags into a site left, right, and centre. So yep. I guess uh, my my two cents worth on that would be keep control of your tag management and actually <laughs> apply, assuming you've got change management in place, which I'd like to think any, anyone that deals with us will have because that's one of my pet, pet hates is not having change management. But if you've got change management, make sure that you are managing what you're deploying onto your site through tag management because, yeah, I've seen that where it's just slowing a site, slowing checkouts down. Spot on. Right. Matt, mate, that's half an hour. I, I guess we could have geeked out for a, another for half days, hour at least. For days. Yep, exactly. Indeed. Um, look, this has been great. Um, thank you very much indeed for your time. Um, and now just before you go, just tell us how does, if someone wants to talk to you about super fast websites, how do they get hold of you? 
Sure. Uh, just www.section.io is our, is our website or matt at section.io. Can touch base. Lovely. Matt, pleasure always. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Now, I really enjoyed talking to Matt today and I hope you enjoyed listening to us. If you're interested in learning more about the Realtel Customer Experience Report, just go to www.itworks.company forward slash the Realtel and there you can find more information and some examples of the Customer Experience Report. Thanks.